The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. feel like it's my, my duty as your priest and rector just to let you know it's the only time the year you'll hear the great litany. It's beautiful, but if you're like, that was really long, um, you can hear it again next Lent 1. One of my favorite authors has a short story titled Good Country People about a young woman and her mother and a traveling Bible salesman. Flannery O'Connor paints a pretty humorous and dark account of the limitations of our human intellect. The story takes place on a farm in Georgia. Mrs. Hopewell is the mother and her daughter Holga is a 32-year-old know-it-all with a PhD in philosophy. Her mother had given her the name Joy in birth and possibly to drive her mother crazy, she takes the new name Holga she just doesn't hope well. Holga has a hunting accident as a young child, which results in her having a wooden leg. She is also a devout atheist, professing that there is no God and that ultimate power lies within herself, setting up this great uh, dilemma, one that uh, Connor uses in many of her stories against the will of God and our own self. 
And as Holga and her mother and some of the family's tenants are around um, one morning, they receive this visit from a young Bible salesman named Manly Pointer. The family doesn't really have an interest in purchasing a new family Bible, but because he seems to be good country people, they invite him to stay for dinner. Pointer is able to set up a date with Holga the next day. And Holga, who is this, sees herself as this brilliant mind. She imagines seducing the young and innocent Bible salesman. He must be foolish if he believes in God. The next day, Pointer returns, and they head off for a little picnic on their date. And as the desire to seduce him grows, she leads Pointer to the barn away from the family home. The roles switch as he leads her up into the barn loft, and the woman who has always believed that she is in control of her destiny and control of her life begins kissing Pointer. During the scene, Holga is continuing to kind of talk about how smart she is, seeing herself as so much brighter than this young, innocent Bible salesman. Pointer continues to ignore these pleas, and eventually he decides to ask for her to profess her love. When finally the words, yes, roll off of her tongue, he asks for her to prove it by showing where her wooden leg meets her body. Holga's plan of seduction takes a turn, and she surrenders to Pointer, her man-made intellect, to become dependent on him. At this moment, the Bible salesman professes that he is not quite who she thought him to be. He opens his traveling Bible to produce a little whiskey and playing cards, and she's not impressed, and the mood changes. She demands for Pointer to give back her, her wooden leg as the romantic vibes dissipate. Pointer smiles and says that he is just as smart as she is and even a bigger believer in nothing. And then he takes his things and Holga's wooden leg, leaving her stranded in the loft of the barn and walks away. It's a brilliant story. From Holga's point of view, the surrender of her leg is an intellectual decision. The result of this decision is the destruction of her faith in the power of her own intellect. It ironically happens through the betrayal by the one who she rationally decided to believe in, to have faith in. I think O'Connor's playing with that old saying from Colossians, God turns to foolishness, the wisdom of the world. Holga's ego, her own lack of humility, leads to her demise. Isn't this the great human story? How our egos, or our lack of humility from time to time, cause us to be brought up short. We want to be in control. I think we want to be in control or believe that we're in control of our lives or our full agency in this world. Through our good behavior and careful planning, we can make everything work to our benefit. And we don't want to admit, although I suspect that we all know, that our own human ego is not ultimate. Our desire to have power, to be in control, is that which erodes the person that God has created. I think the devil knew something of that in today's gospel. 
Jesus has been baptized, which for Luke is the beginning of his public ministry. He is going to to go on to do his healing after his baptism and caring for others and living into this ministry of love and transformation. And we believe that as the Son of God, he is all-powerful. This love and ministry thing shouldn't be that difficult. And yet there Jesus is out in the desert, being tempted to respond to his own power. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answers him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. And then the devil leads him up and offers him everything that Jesus can see. Y'all know how this works? Part of being human means that when someone tests our ego, we respond. We try to answer the test. We have to show people just how strong and mighty and smart and wonderful we really are until we fail to do so and everything comes crashing down. This is the first Sunday in Lent. On the first Sunday, it's our custom to read that litany, and if, for those of y'all who are not familiar with the Book of Common Prayer, if you want to read all of those, they're on page 148. That long list of prayers of things that we have failed to do. It's the only time in the year that you hear it. It humbles us. It exposes our weaknesses, and it exposes the limitations of our goodness that can come from our lives. The rest of the Sundays in Lent, um, we will begin our service with a confession that kind of sets the stage that we need to repent. We need to look inwardly. These are spiritual practices that are necessary so that unlike Helga, Helga, we don't believe in the supreme power of ourselves, but instead surrender our lives to the one true God that we can depend on, that God loves us regardless and is in the midst of everything. Lent is about repentance. And while we try most of the time not to be too heavy-handed at church, We acknowledge that all of us are carrying around guilt and doubt and pain and grief and anger and that this community should be a place that holds that in the loving arms of God. But for 40 days, we need to turn inwardly. We need to repent of the evil that we participate in, the structures that violate the well-being of other human beings, that violate God's creation, of our blindness to human suffering, and of the things that we have done and left undone. We need to acknowledge our own blindness and heart, our own hypocrisy, our malice of the things that weigh heavy on ourselves in this world. When we do that, we see that promise of God to lead us through this season of Lent into the joy of resurrection. It is joy because it is precisely in acknowledging our own shortcomings, of acknowledging our weaknesses and our limitations of our ego, of our inability to have ultimate agency in this world, that we surrender to the love of God and find Christ making all things new. When we acknowledge that God's love is larger and broader than the sum total of our worst selves, We find love and hope in this world. 
It is in loss of self that we gain something. This Lent, may we take the task of self-examination seriously so that we can greater know the love of God for each of us and for each other. Amen.